Good morning. It's Wednesday, August 11th. I'm Shamita Basu. And I'm Duarte Geraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced yesterday that he's stepping down later this month. This comes after the state attorney general's report detailing multiple allegations of sexual harassment. New York Magazine explains what might be next for Cuomo and looks at the person who's going to take his place. At the moment, it's not clear where things stand with the effort to impeach Cuomo. Some state lawmakers believe to hold the governor accountable, impeachment is still necessary. And this process could bar him from holding future office. Cuomo is also still facing several other inquiries. Brittany Camisso, known as Executive Assistant No. 1 in the Attorney General's report, has filed a criminal complaint. The state attorney general is still looking into whether the governor used state resources to produce his pandemic memoir. And the FBI is reportedly investigating his administration's handling of COVID-19 deaths in nursing homes. Now let's turn to the person who's going to be taking Cuomo's place, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. She's going to be the first woman to govern New York State. Hochul's had a long political career. She got her start as a teenager in Buffalo volunteering at the local Democratic Party headquarters. And she says she was always the youngest person and the only woman in the room. New York Magazine describes her as a road warrior. She made a point of traveling to every county in the state for every year that she served as lieutenant governor. She reportedly was never a part of Cuomo's inner circle. And when the AG's report came out, she distanced herself from him and called his behavior repulsive and unlawful. New York Magazine says Hogel seems to be largely respected and well-liked by local Democratic officials and lawmakers. But the fact is, she's taking over the office at a difficult moment. COVID-19 is still infecting people and hurting the economy. In a statement yesterday, Hogel said she is prepared to lead. There are signs the U.S. job market is heating up, but unemployment is still higher than before the pandemic. For a glimpse of what it may take to get back to normal, The Wall Street Journal takes us to Birmingham, Alabama. Maybe it's not the first place that comes to your mind when you think about a sizzling job market, but the numbers don't lie. Birmingham's unemployment rate is 3.1%. That's more than two full percentage points below the national jobless rate. And the journal explains it has a lot to do with what kinds of jobs are in the area. Healthcare, finance, telecom, and education. These are industries that tend to stay strong regardless of what the broader economy is doing. There's a national trend of fewer people looking for work than there are job openings. This is a factor in Alabama, which also has historically had fewer older people in the labor force. This is why, as companies fight over a smaller pool of potential employees, you get higher wages— One staffing firm says many of its clients are now paying 30% more than they used to. Things may be hot overall in Birmingham, but the success is not uniform. The broader metro area has much better employment and income numbers than the city itself, which has a majority Black population. For the moment, it seems like urban and suburban workers are all being lifted by the same rising tide. That's a shift for a city that spent years going downhill. Birmingham was built on the steel industry, and when that industry struggled, so did the city. Birmingham used to be a place where people came from. They'd pop up in other southern cities like Atlanta or Charlotte looking for work. 
Nowadays, the city's job market may be turning it into a place where people want to stick around. There's a certain beauty aesthetic that you can find all over TikTok and Instagram. Influencers who are all starting to look similar. It's this silhouette, a sculpted hourglass shape. So a thin waist, wide hips, and a round bottom. Now, some are achieving this look through photo editing. But more and more people are turning to plastic surgery to get a real-life edit. They're spending thousands of dollars on a medical procedure called a Brazilian butt lift, or BBL for short. But doing this is not without its risks. Some doctors who do not have extensive plastic surgery training, they're trying to cash in on this trend. I spoke to Vox reporter Rebecca Jennings about some of the medical and ethical questions surrounding this surgery. It's the fastest growing plastic surgery procedure in the world. And what it does essentially is takes fat from your abdomen or sometimes your arms or your neck or elsewhere and inserts it into your butt. It's part liposuction and then part fat grafting. So Mm -hmm. then that fat makes your butt rounder and fuller. It gives you more of like an hourglass shape. So it's very popular, but you also write it's also quite dangerous. Uh, What are some of the risks associated with the procedure? When you insert fat back in to your butt specifically. The problem is that your butt has a ton of very, very thick arteries. And that's because we need a lot of blood circulation in our bottom because we're sitting on it a lot. Mm -hmm. If you accidentally, you know, inject some fat into an artery or into a blood vein, that can go into your lungs and heart and you will just die immediately, basically. And so for a long time, it was extremely common for people to have pulmonary embolisms because of BBLs, and that's because surgeons would try to either put too much fat in or put it under the muscle, which is a terrible way to insert fat back in. Mm. And it was just very, very dangerous. Aside from death, there are also other complications that can arise. Yeah, absolutely. And I talked to a couple of BBL patients who, you know, they're happy with the way that they look for the most part, but they still, you know, have really trouble sleeping. They have trouble with circulation. And one woman said that she can't lie in her back for too long because, like, her entire body has shifted. This Mm -hmm. isn't the way her body places its fat. And so because of the way, like, the procedure made her fat distribution differently, it also shaped the way her spine and her nerves work. Let's talk about money. What's the going rate for a BBL? A lot of places will uh, offer them for about $5,000, maybe even going low as $3,000. But, you know, plastic surgeons I talked to were like, if you see anything under ten dollars or $12,000, they are going to be cutting some serious corners just because of the cost of running an operating room mm. and operating safely. Well, let's talk about that, actually, the the procedure around it and doctors around this. I mean, what kind of oversight is in place? The problem is that there is no law in any state that says that, you know, once you have your medical license, you can't just practice whatever you want as long as your patient is comfortable with it. So so basically what you get is, you know, doctors, you know, who may have been trained in any number of medical areas, you know, 
podiatry, you know, your regular family doctor, they see that, you know, oh, there's a huge market for BBLs right now or for breast enhancements or for any, you know, any kind of plastic surgery. And then they'll, you know, take a little weekend course. Uh, A lot of plastic surgeons I talked to were like, yeah, there's these advertisements for weekend courses where like you can learn to do lipo in a day. And like often they're taught by people who like barely even know what they're doing too. Then they can get quote unquote like licensed to do this, even though that licensure means really nothing. So here's the medical ethics question. Is it the doctor's responsibility to make sure that their patients are well informed? Or is it the patient's responsibility to be informed themselves? It is 100 percent the doctor's responsibility. I think it's insane to expect a patient who doesn't like the way they look and see something on social media that, you know, for five grand, you can have the perfect body to expect that they're going to know everything that goes into it. If it's your patient, you know, good doctors will also turn away many patients who come in looking for a BBL because it is really risky. And and because maybe that person has body dysmorphia, maybe that person just like has really unrealistic expectations. But it is absolutely the doctor's responsibility to either just decline to do it or in general, or to really temper their expectations and let them know that this is a thing that could potentially have lifelong consequences. And even if it is like very, very safe, if you go to a reputable doctor, from what I've heard, it is like generally pretty safe, but it is not like a one-stop quick fix like the way that many doctors on social media like to advertise it as. Rebecca Jennings writing for Vox. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks so much. If you got a pandemic pup and had to take it to the vet, were you surprised by the bill? People in the U.S. are spending more and more money on veterinary care and pet products, and this type of spending is estimated to top $32 billion this year. A decade ago, it was roughly half that. Marketplace explains why vet costs are going up and up. And for one, some procedures that weren't widely available for pets in the past are now becoming much more common. MRIs on animals just weren't done very often 20 years ago, but now it's a thing, and it's expensive, around $2,000. And then, if a screening finds serious illness, you could also face another massive expense. Cancer treatments, for example, for a dog or a cat can be up to $10,000. Also, there's a big difference between healthcare for humans and for animals. Hospitals get reimbursed through Medicare and Medicaid. Vets do not. And that means if they get charged more for supplies, they have to raise prices. Americans love their pets. Those animals are also living longer. And people are willing to open up their wallets to keep their little companions healthy. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners. We'll talk with you again tomorrow. Tomorrow. 